Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's the Hollywood Life cast where we bring you the best exclusive celebrity news, the juicy celebrity interviews, insider secrets about all of your favorite stars and now your host former editor-in-chief of cosmo glamour and us weekly the president and editor-in-chief of hollywoodlife.com bonnie fuller hey guys we're here with the hollywood life podcast and there is so much news that we've got to talk to you about today we are going to first start off with a sad story very sad story a young woman a porn star august ames who killed herself tragically this week after being bullied on the internet. So we're going to discuss everything we know about that. And then another young woman who has, who has suffered from bullying in the past, but has risen above it, come back and risen above other challenges that she's had this year, Selena Gomez. And she's got a little drama going on. Then we cannot not talk about Matt Lauer and the new developments in that whole Today Show situation and also Billy Bush uh, coming forward to talk about Donald Trump and about his Today Show firing. And finally, we have Kardashian news. Khloe Kardashian, is there a wedding to Tristan in the future? And Kim Kardashian... Does her surrogate really not want her in the hospital delivery room? But before we get to that, I'm not alone in my Hollywood Life podcast studio. I am here with our writer, and she does reporting, Jenna Lemoncelli. Happy to be here, guys. Really happy to have, you know, great company. Yeah, we're happy to have great company. And uh, yeah, we, of course are here with our producer, Gino Orlandini. Most times I'm a kind warrior out here. Occasionally I am challenged. And in that case, the kind warrior must, must, must become a samurai. Yeah, what's going on? I think... Bonnie came in today just for the show. You know what? I think that Gino plays his intro, like plays that music, his samurai mu- music every day when he gets up in the morning just to get himself out of bed. Oh, definitely. It really yeah. pumps me up. But I can tell. <laughs> I have to point out, this is Bonnie's day off. She's so dedicated to the show. She came in on her day off to record the show for you. That's right, because we had such a busy day. We usually record it on Wednesdays, but it was insane but Bonnie, yesterday. your dedication has been rewarded because... Yes. We have two new reviews on iTunes. Yay! Let's hear it. This is an amazing <laughs> turn of events because these are so few and far between. We are always begging for them. We really, really appreciate we you guys do. doing these. We really do. Please drop us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps the show immensely. We do not run ads on this show like every other show with their amazing, their really annoying ads for like Casper mattresses and meal cooking services and me undies and <laughs> freaking birch boxes full of <laughs> oils, whatever. But okay, let me just read a couple of these because they're great. Um, this is by 
Imagination 456. Love, Hi, Imagination. Love Hello. your show, Five Stars. You do such an excellent job producing and running the show. I love all of the dishing and celebrity gossip that you showcase. Sometimes with the interviews, I can take them or leave them depending on the guests. That's only fair. I mean, of course. you're not yeah. like everyone. I've, I've been subscribing for a while and just wanted to let you know how much your show is appreciated. Thank you. Wow. Well, thank you, Imag- Imagination 456. We really appreciate you writing and giving us a review and that feedback. Makes us really feel good. I'm so glad yeah. I came in. Yeah. Um, and the other new one is from Dela Cruz J, who gives us four stars. Um, here she says, this show is a guilty pleasure. I work and I'm a student. So when I don't have time to dedicate to look up to celebrity gossip, um, but I listen to you guys when I'm doing my homework and it makes the time go faster and I enjoy it. The dynamic of a guy and two women reminds me of my friends. It feels like you're gossiping with your friends when I'm listening to the podcast. Keep up the good work, guys. Aw, thank you, Della Cruz. Wow, that was really sweet. Guilty yeah. pleasure. I like that description. Yeah. And I mean, why not while you're doing your homework? You do need something to kind of push you along. And, exactly. Yeah. The guiltier, the better. And we're going to be talking to a porn star this week and Kardashian. <laughs> so plenty of guilty pleasures ahead will await you. But this brings us to our weekly segment crushes where we say what we're crushing on uh, every week so let's just start with jenna lemoncelli what are you like jenna lemoncelli on twitter what's your handle it is it's jenna underscore lemoncelli oh the underscore in there the underscore of death Uh, what are you (laughs) what are you crushing on I am crushing on Meghan Markle. To some people, it might be a little bit old news, but I cannot get over this engagement to Prince Harry and her fashion. I think they're going to be the couple of 2018. Definitely the couple of 2018. I can hardly wait for that wedding. And I'm really happy, too. They seem so in love. It's amazing. Well, I'm crushing on somebody who you can look forward to listening to on our, our Hollywood Life podcast, and that's Remy Ma. Remy came in this week, and we sat, and we could not stop talking. No. I mean, we really that was one of the longest interviews we have we've ever done but she was so fascinating so fun so warm she is my new favorite person and she told us an awful lot about her life what it was like in jail like literally what living behind bars was like for six years yeah she was there for a long time and what kept her going throughout that time and she also confided in us that she is starting her IVF to she's she and Papa are working on having a new baby yeah it's, it's really cool um we should say bonnie underscore fuller on instagram and at bonnie fuller on twitter is where you can find bonnie's crushes uh i just want to piggyback off of bonnie's crush uh you can follow me at gino orlandini my crush is exactly the same uh so i'll just elaborate a little bit um Okay, this is, we did also did along with a very long podcast. I mean, Remy came here in the daytime and she left at seven o'clock at night. <laughs> it's black. She was here for hours. Um, and we loved every minute. We right, also right. shot a video with her that is right now available on our YouTube channel. And we played this game called Overrated or Underrated. And we just, she just decided what is overrated and what is underrated. And I just asked her, does she think being nice is overrated? <laughs> and she had some thoughts. Being nice is overrated. It's fucking overrated. Here, it does not. Not people like it doesn't pay to be nice. Actually, the cliche should be it fucking costs you money to be nice. Every time I'm nice, shit puts me in a red. I hate being nice. Every time I'm nice, I end up freaking paying for it. So that whole it doesn't pay to be nice. No, it's it pays. It costs you a lot to be nice. People are much nicer, strangely, to you when you treat them like crap. You be nice to people. They treat you bad. 
the people that treat them like shit, they're their butt crack all day, super nice, trying to kiss their ass. So yes, being nice is overrated. I feel some type of way about that. Yeah, so you could, that's just a little <laughs> taste of the Remy Ma vibe that was in here. There's lots more where that came from. Check that video out on our YouTube channel and the podcast interview, which is like 45 minutes long, is to come, right, Bonnie? That's right. We are going to be posting our interview with Miss Universe, who is also fascinating. Um, that's going to be going up tomorrow, Friday, as well as our stories. And then you can look forward to Remy next week. Yes. All right. But you could go to the Hollywood Life YouTube channel and you will find the video now. Yes, it's excellent. Um, okay, Bonnie, let's just dive straight into do. So we kick us off with yes. this kind of sad story. This is a really, really sad story. So young woman, she's just 23 years old, August Ames, a porn star. And I guess she got started pretty young because she's in, been in over 200 porns. 290. Wow, 290. So almost 300 porn movies. And they're um, all very, they're all very tasteful. And she's only say. 23, tasteful right? Porn? <laughs> yes, 23. Yeah. And, um, you know, beautiful young woman and she was married and she was at a, uh, at a film shoot and did a scene. And then the guy that she did the scene with was going to be doing another scene with another porn star. And she tweeted to that porn not, star. Not quite, Bonnie. You confused the okay, facts. Fa okay, fa okay. fa 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 it's a hard story in her defense. So to what actually happened is she was going to be in a porn scene. She pulled out of it and placed by another girl. And she tweeted at like erotic news some kind of porn news organization uh in this other girl's like for the benefit of this other girl saying that the guy she was supposed to shoot with had just shot a scene in a gay porn film like a guy and guy scene and so she was warning the the guy uh the girl i guess that replaced her okay, not want, to do this right do you want to read the tweets yeah she them? says whichever lady performer is replacing me tomorrow for at erotic x news you're shooting with a guy who has shot gay porn just to let you know bs is all i can say do agents really care about who they're representing i do my homework for my body and that started off this sort of like storm of hate in her direction people accusing her of homophobia and she replied to the to uh, the people who were attacking her online. Yeah, she really quickly replied. She said, not homophobic. Most girls don't shoot with uh, guys who have shot gay porn for safety. Uh, that's just how it works. That's just how it is with me. I'm not putting my body at risk. I don't know what they do in their private lives. And she also said, how am I homophobic if I myself am attracted to women? Not wanting to have sex with gay men is not homophobic. They don't want to have sex with me either. So bye. Um, and uh, she, she had a couple other tweets thing, saying that she's not homophobic and that this has really been mischaracterized. And I actually have some, before we get to the details of her death, I have some sympathy on this point. Um, and her biggest point being like, she gets to choose who gets to go inside of her body and, and work with her. And if she doesn't want to work with gay actors because of the increased risk associated with guy on guy sex, unprotected guy on guy sex, which is what goes on in gay porn films and, and straight films, there's no protection in any of these scenes. You know, they don't use condoms or anything. So, uh, well, you know, listen, I think being a porn star, being anybody who's in the sex industry and who's ha and being a regular person, anybody who's having sex with a lot of different people, 
it is very risky to mm-hmm. not have use any protection, like to not use condoms to protect against AIDS and STDs. And so I think any porn star, whether they're straight or gay, is taking is taking their health into their hands when they do have unprotected sex. But there is an increased risk that's been shown with um, man, guy on gay sex with anal sex because of the increased bleeding that happens. And HIV is much more easily transmissible through blood than it is semen. It's actually kind of hard to catch with regular heterosexual sex. Many people live together and sleep together for many years and don't pass it on. They don't know their partner has it. And they, you know, Magic Johnson was married and he, he was HIV positive for a while before he knew his wife didn't get infected. Those stories are very, very, very common. It's actually kind of hard to catch, but blood in the mix raises your risk yes. and that is what she's well, worried tears. about the mm-hmm. thing is it's tears yes. so if there is tears in the skin mm-hmm. and then blood or semen both of which carry the hiv virus get into get into the bloodstream of the other person it can infect you right i do agree with you gino i think i sympathize with her as well because you have to protect yourself especially like you said in that industry bonnie when you're sleeping with multiple amount of people without protection, I I do sympathize with her. But then you also think of the point where you're putting it on Twitter, you're calling people out or whatever. It was a fair warning, but people are going to come at you on Twitter when you, as soon as you put it on the internet, they're coming after you no matter what. Right. Well, we've certainly seen that. And, um, but the thing is, is so she may, she did this tweet she got the firestorm of tweets back. She tried to explain herself. Mm-hmm. Imagine she got more tweets. And three days later, three days later, yes. she was found dead hanging. Yeah. Hanging. And, you know, it just is terrible and tragic that anybody would choose to or feel that they had nothing left to live for and felt that they needed to end their lives because they were so, um, you know, just disturbed, like so... Um, you know, full of, of, I guess, grief, like it be at, at being attacked. Now I do want to point out though, that this is a young woman who we've since have learned mm-hmm. who struggled with depression yes, and may have struggled with, um, bipolar disease and who had a history, which she talked about in an interview of having been molested as a yes. child. So she clearly had other issues that made her vulnerable And if you're struggling with depression, you know, anything could tip you if you have a deep depression. Absolutely. Um, It was three months before she committed suicide or before she was allegedly, you know, took her life that she admitted in an interview, an in-depth interview that she allegedly went through molestation as a young teen, that she had depression. So it seems like she had a lot of issues going on. There's an anecdote about cocaine too. What was that? Yes. Well, Well, here it says here, she did a podcast with host Holly Randall three months before she died. And in that podcast, she revealed that she struggled with bipolar, bipolar depression. I'm not sure what bipolar, I guess when you're bipolar, you have periods of being manic and being very high and energetic. And then the downside of it is that you're very, very low. You're very deeply depressed. People with bipolar are generally more to one side or the other. So she may have been more on the depressive side. And she also had multiple personality disorder, which is something typical of people who have been molested as children, because what they do is when they're being molested, they kind of pull themselves out of their minds to not be present 
while they're being molested. So she'll say that she said, some days I'll be fine and I'm not doing anything if, if I get these awful flashbacks of my childhood and then I'll get very depressed and I can't get out of bed and I cancel my scenes for like a week or two, she said in the interview. So some days she was fine and some days not. She also said her mother was bipolar and that she was molested. She claimed she was molested by her grandfather. Um, a claim which she said her father never believed, which is just terrible. You know, that as a young girl, she said it's that she was put into a group home at age 12 after alleging to her dad that her grandfather molested her. I mean, what a betrayal. This is kind of also speaks to kind of like the cliche of what you think about people who work in the sex industry. Like, oh, do they have these like horrible, like, why do they get into this? What is the motivating factors to be such a, uh, exhibitionist for everyone to see and, and to be so hypersexual with so many people. And sure enough, you know, she has this, this whole really sad, tragic, sordid history Tra where she tragic. was really badly abused. I, I remember like loving, do you guys ever used to listen to love line with Dr. Drew and Adam yes. Carolla? Yes. And everyone used to think Dr. Drew was psychic because every person who would call up who was having like these kinds of serious sort of manic sexual dysfunction, he would always write go right away, ask about where they abused. And Adam Carolla would always be like, how are you doing this? Are you psychic? And it just, no, he's not psychic. It's just like, this is almost always comorbid with like this, with acting out sexually as an adult is something happening to you as a kid. I remember in college, I had this um, abnormal psychology class and we had these guests come in who are part of the local Seattle fetish club. And they were talking about um, one of the things that they do is called blood play where they would cut each other and put blood all over each other. And this is a part of like their, their uh, S and M sex play. None of them had regular sex. They all called it vanilla sex. And I asked them, that's very 50 shades. Yeah. It's very, it's 50 shades and beyond. And I yeah. asked them, I got to ask them all individually, you know, what were their childhood like? And to a person, they all had traumatic sexual experiences in their childhood. And lo and behold, as adult, they're in this strange and possibly illegal sex club, you know? So, well, she said, here's her quote. I had an awful relationship with my dad. I tried to forget about it and talk to him about how I was feeling about my childhood and everything. Cause there was a lot of sexual molestation, not from my father, but from his. So I had to suffer from being molested by my grandfather when I finally told my, and when I finally told my dad, he didn't believe me. Like, so she was doubly betrayed. She was subjected to the molestation by somebody who should have been protecting her, her grandfather, mm -hmm. and who should have um, been somebody she could turn to and trust. And then she goes to the other person who she wanted, who should have protected her and who she should have been able to trust. And then he betrays her by not believing her and putting her like basically giving her up and putting her in a group home. I just think it's not, no, no wonder she had uh, personality disorders. And not a big surprise. She's married to a, a porn producer who was 20 years her senior, you know, when her formative sexual experiences were with people who were adults and she's a child, even as an adult, she's, she sort of has this father figure as her significant other, despite the fact that she's having all these other sex scenes. That's a great point. It seems like obviously there's a pattern here. So this like is like, you said. this is like the whole, there's like a moral dilemma. If, if you like porn and I was, I'm familiar with August Ames. I've seen her porn and oh really, uh, Gino. Interesting. Tell us. We she was no, she would, this was not an unknown person to me because she's quite popular. She was, uh, she's won two AVN awards. I've since learned since researching her 
her. She was nominated for Performer of the Year at the upcoming 2018 Avian Awards. But you always have to wonder when you're, if you watch porn, like, what are you complicit in when you're watching porn? Like, are these people performers, especially the women? I mean, I don't want to single out the women, but are they totally there of their own free will and accord? I know they're all adults and they've signed X and X waivers, but what was their path to get there? Well, I mean, listen, this famously goes back to one of the first really well-known porn stars, Linda Lovelace, who was you know, like the number one most famous porn star in, in the world at some time. Uh, probably in the eighties. And it turned out like when years later she talked about, Oh, she did like that famous movie. It was called deep throat. She was known for this movie. That was about Watergate, right? (laughs) It was, well, that's why it was like, it was sort of, there was a play on Watergate. So it turns out she talked later about how her husband totally abused her, beat her up, forced her to do the porn Mm -hmm. and that she was a battered woman. And that's why she did it. And she was just a broken woman. And surely her husband wasn't the first abuser in her life. No, probably she was attracted to him because she had grown up with abusers and it was like, she had a terrible life. It was really, really sad. And then she became a drug addict. But so August, husband kevin moore he is also i guess a porn director and photographer and sometimes he, performer too he released a statement to adult video news saying she was the kindest person i ever knew and she meant the world to me and then he asked for privacy so you know it's just very very sad i mean she we you know can surmise from this or we hope that she was loved but it couldn't overcome all of the tragedy of her childhood and teenagehood and the emptiness she must have felt inside. And then, so, you know, these people who cyber bully, they don't have any clue of what the effect is on the person that they're bullying. And, you know, this is a person who's a fragile person. I mean, you read about it all the time. These kids, like 13, there was a little 13 year old girl who was cyber bullied at school Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, well, but at school and then by schoolmates. And she, 13-year-old, she hung herself. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's an issue. There's so many issues that arise from this story. Not only, you know, just August, but it goes beyond that. Cyberbullying is terrible. I mean, you just said young kids are taking their lives. And I think that it really needs to, people need to realize that you don't know somebody's story until you're walking in their shoes or you talk to them. And that's a simple case of August. Yeah. We need to all come off of our moral high horses on Twitter and look at people as human beings and not just as, uh, as a handle and some characters online. Like Mm -hmm. these are real people at the other end. And, um, I've been doing more videos for Hollywood life lately. And, you know, sometimes the comments are just so, so, so crazy. And like, you see, you don't see the kind of racism and sexism and hate in your everyday life, but you know that it's there because you can see it in all of the comments online, right? People aren't willing to just to be like this in person, but it, all of these things that we're seeing out playing out in the in the political world with Trump and with all the sexual abuse scandals. You could have predicted all this because so much ugliness is roiling under the surface and it's all been sort of catalyzed on the internet and fertilized and fomented. Well, it's very much catalyzed because people are nameless. You know, you can do it without people knowing who you are. You have a Twitter handle and people don't know who you really are. So you can just let loose. And then I, I, I think when you have the commander in chief, the chief executive of the entire country 
bullying virtually every day online. He is setting the example. And so if he's doing it and if he can say horrible things about private citizens, I mean, he went after, I remember during the campaign, he went after like a 16 year old girl who, um, uh, corrected him about something like she had been at a, at one of his rallies and she corrected him about something or she asked him a question. No, she asked him a question at, um, at a forum and she was persistent with her question and he didn't like it. And then he calls her out. She's like 16 year old. So when you have that kind of behavior from the top leader in the land, it's only going to make it acceptable for anybody to do. I feel like we all need to follow the advice of president Ellen DeGeneres. (laughs) whose motto is be kind to one another and that's it it's very simple but it's not easy well you know what it's It's the golden rule do unto others as you would have them do unto you yes and trump's golden rule is do unto others twice what they just did to you and you know hit them back harder and and that's you know that's just this the cycle of reciprocal nastiness and and that's how we got to where we are well you know rest in peace august we're very sad that that this happened to you and and I don't know if any of the, her bulliers can learn from this. I sure hope so. Now let's talk about Selena Gomez, who has also spoken out against bullying in the past and um, who's just come through you know, a life-saving and life-transforming experience um, when she had her kidney transplant this uh, early this past summer. And she's now back with Justin Bieber. And everything that we hear at Hollywood Life is that the relationship is going great and that Justin's like a changed man and that he's being totally reliable and that they're really working hard when they're apart to make long distance work. They got together again last week um, when she when they were both back from their Thanksgiving trips and she won Billboard Music's Woman of the Year, a woman of music of the year mm-hmm. this year. But she got a little upset about something with Billboard, didn't she, Gino? Yeah. So they uh, with the along with the award for Woman of the Year, which was great, and she accepted. There was also an accompanying, of course, magazine piece and photos read and a long article that was apparently conducted in her home. And there was this section of the article that talked about um, sort of the scene in, in, in her living room where Selena had has three different armchairs and it's very nice and minimalist, but there's one thing that doesn't seem to fit with the rest of the motif. It's like this big teddy bear that's on the floor and the interviewer asked her about it and she says, um, I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. At first I thought this is so ridiculous. I, I can't wait until I just give it away to another person. But, um, and then the writer adds, but Gomez hasn't let go of it yet. It's kind of a, just a nothing throwaway setting the scene kind of piece of writing that everyone do, does in these profile pieces. Selena took huge exception to this screenshot of the article and then wrote put it on her Instagram, right? Put it on her Instagram story and wrote that never will I let another human guess my words again or invite them into my home. That is so hurtful. And then she promptly put her Instagram, which 130 million people follow the most followed person in the world on private. 
Yeah. So it really hit a nerve. I'm surprised, actually, though, she did allow a reporter to come into her home. I mean, I'm that's very un- shocked. Yeah, that's unusual. I mean, Especially after everything she's been through and right. she's been so private. Yeah. There goes our chance at shooting anything in Selena's <laughs> place. <laughs> Just note not to make fun of her stuffed animals, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I think... I, I, I can just under it must have in some way it hit a chord and maybe it just made her realize that having a camera crew having media into your house is just not the right thing to do. And, you know, most celebrities don't do that. It's very mysterious, though, what she was actually mad about, though. It's totally unclear. Like, was she mad that she was it seemed like she was having some disregard for this teddy bear, which is probably a gift from someone. And so that seems like maybe a diss to whoever gave her the teddy bear. I mean, that's all I can think. That that would have set her off in this way. It's very strange. Yeah, yeah, it is a bit odd. But you know, I'm sure she, Selena, must be very still uh, tired. Like she, she's still recovering. It takes months to get over a major operation, and that would include having a kidney transplant. And she had just flown. She did the Billboard Awards, then she flew over to London for the Fashion Awards, where she was representing Coach because she has her design position at Coach can imagine she's just like a little tired she has instagram meltdowns once in a while though remember when when justin was dating sophia richie and he and she got into that back and forth with justin on photos of sophia richie on justin's page and they got Mm -hmm. in this whole war of words and that ultimately led to that was because she because justin complained about fans attacking cyber bullying yes. yes. Sophia Richie. Exactly. And then Selena was like, if you don't want her to be attacked, then don't put her into your Instagram. <laughs> yeah. yep. Which is a good point, Selena. Speaking facts. But yeah. also like why was she getting her interjecting herself in there, right? Exactly. It was a little like out of character, a little bit off brand for her, I would say. And Amen. Justin privated his Instagram for quite a while after that whole incident. Here's my gripe with that. I see why Selena was upset, I guess. But the fact that she went and made her Instagram private, you have 130 million fans that you're just shutting off to. And same with Justin when he made his Instagram private. There's a certain part, I feel like, when you have a platform like that where, you know, they're your fans. Like, you you can't shut them out. Yes, I guess, you know, reprimand whoever hurt you, but not the fans. Remember when Justin came back to Instagram, it was because he had some promotional obligation, I think. <laughs> Didn't he? He had to post those Calvin Klein things. It was something like that. So it was it was certainly it was definitely business that brought him back to the gram. True. And also remember Justin had that like other um social media platform that he was like invested in called shots where he was always trying to prop that up it was like a rival to instagram and you don't hear much about that i was gonna say did that fail yeah it's i don't think it exists anymore (laughs) well let's move on to matt lauer and and his situation more fun (laughs) yay (laughs) i mean this has just been the most wild time and i think really an important time it's an important time for women it's important time i think for society that absolutely and thank you time magazine for making basically the me too movement the time person or persons of the year and celebrating all of the women who've come forward and said and and said that they are tired of hiding the fact that they've been sexually harassed and not 
not speaking out. And, you know, it really got, uh, I think this whole new era, the door was blasted open, of course, with the articles about Harvey Weinstein, which are continuing to come like more and more and more Mm -hmm. information about Harvey Weinstein and what he, he allegedly did and how he allegedly kept it all covered up. But, you know, we, in, as this has gone along, we have now seen Matt Lauer be fired from the Today Show, where he earned $25 million a year. And he was there for 20 years, like the longest of anybody who's ever been at the Today Show. And he was really considered the king of the Today Show. And um, he was... Kind of like Henry VIII was the king of England. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, he probably made a lot more money than Henry VIII. And so... It was like a, I think a Sunday or a Monday, a Monday night that the that the execs at NBC were notified in a letter about allegations against Matt, and he was literally fired. It was like less than twenty four hours. Oh, that was yeah. a quick one. So it I would, was really quick, and yeah. we're still you know hearing about the fallout. Nobody's replaced him yet, but there has been. And we've been reporting on this. Um, he's living separately from his wife um, and his kids. And she has, they've had a troubled relationship for a long time. She had filed for divorce. Maybe because he cheats on her incessantly. Well, it could be a part of the problem. So I'm just guessing. Just a little. Just something like that. I should say this was all broke. This whole story was broken wide open by Elizabeth Wegmeister, who got her start working where? Hollywoodlife.com. She was our TV editor. For a long time before she moved on to Variety, where she now works and was able to break this story. I think the craziest turn in in, um, in any of these stories recently, though, is with with Harvey Weinstein. That Do you guys see that New York Times story? Yes. By um, two, two women reporters. I can't remember their name, but they uncovered basically the cover up operation that surrounded Harvey Weinstein and how like his female assistants were complicit in his behaviors. Well, not. It, I think I, I hate to blame the assistants because I think they were always young girls that were terrified. I mean, he would make them go and buy him his erectile dysfunction medicine and which, deliver it to yes, him. Yes, which they would have to keep on their person. And this is not just Viagra. Apparently, it was syringes that he would inject directly into his penis. Ew. This, this is, oh, what? This is, this is what I've they never re- heard of that. R-rated show today. That's new. <laughs> yeah, this is what the reporter from the New York Times said on the Daily yesterday. I heard like, her say. Injected? I'm going to have to look this direct up. Direct injection. I didn't know this was a thing. No, I didn't know that either. I thought you took, like, you took uh, that Viagra. Yeah. Or one of the Viagra-like substances, and then it, it you'd get the erection. But I mean, this is probably like for a super duper erection. No wonder he was having to jerk <laughs> it off into plants, so, potted plants. So crazy. But it also exposed how like he had this uh, like sort of media network that was complicit. Like um, he had relationship with tabloids that he would feed stories about celebrities. So they, in exchange for basically not exposing him and all the all the rumors that were going, and also to. To allegedly to dig up dirt on the accusers, the women, yes, so that they would not yes. speak up because he would then be able to threaten them allegedly. Now, Matt Lauer's, Lauer's wife, her name is Annette Roke, and she's um, originally from the Netherlands, and uh, so 
what we're hearing at Hollywood Life is that they lead very separate lives, but that, you know, Matt is a good dad and involved with his kids. And of course, he's very upset about all this and how the effect on his kids, though maybe he should have thought about that before he, you know, engaged in all this behavior because that's risky business. And um, that she is very interested in, again, pursuing the divorce as soon as sort of the dust settles. And I'm sure that we're, that's what we're going to hear. You she's know? beautiful. I don't know. Uh, she's a former model. I'm a, I'm single, Annette, if you're in the market these days. Hey, older Annette. Wo- older woman of means. Um, you know, I'm around. Well, you know, here's the thing. He engaged, allegedly... Matt Lauer in the behavior for a long time and with many, many women. And he would do, he, uh, one of the women claimed that he had sex, sex, sexual intercourse with her, not particularly with her, um, agreeing to it in his office, private office. Like you, I, I don't know. Like, I guess when you feel you have so much power, you feel you can get away with these things, but it's such a risk and you have children and why do you feel so confident that none of this is going to get out? And of course, who are the biggest victims? It's your kids. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it just begs the question, you see all these high profile producers, actors, and everybody who are being accused of this. And you think to yourself, you, you're in the public eye. Like, how do you think you're going to get away with this? I just don't even understand how it goes on for this many years. It's, it's just so, crazy. Especially with his image, like... I guess that in one of our videos, he seems like, you know, he's always seemed like America's friendly, charming, yes. balding dad. Non-threatening. <laughs> totally non-threatening, totally innocuous. And even when he's a little creepy in interviews, which we made a video about how he kind of was like a little creepy about Sandra Bullock when he was interviewing her a, f- a few years ago when she was in this uh, moving, movie with Ryan Anne Reynolds. Ha- and Anne Hathaway yeah, asking she was her naked about her underwear. And, and his yeah. first question was, I've seen you naked. And they just giggle about it. And she was a little uncomfortable. And it, it just put, kind of puts all that in to a new light now that you know the true character of Matt Lauer and he's not this harmless guy. Um, like I remember when Matt Lauer first shaved his head, he was going bald for a long time. And then it was like this huge deal in the media when he sort of like gave into it and just shaved his hair down. And everyone was like, Oh, Matt Lauer looks so hot. looks so hot. looks so good. Good for him. And that was like the extent of like the, the dive into Matt Lauer's personal life. That was as personal as, as we got with him. Well, I have to say, though, I never forgave him for how he attacked Hillary Clinton during the interview, his interview during the campaign where he was doing this interview in front of a, uh, a lot of vets. And um, he it was supposed to be about foreign policy. And he interviewed Hillary and then he interviewed Trump. And he spent the majority, like 90 percent of the interview with Hillary, just attacking her about her emails, not letting her talk about foreign policy. And then he gave the most soft peddling interview to Donald Trump. So I've never forgiven him since then. And, um, you know, in light of all this, um, I I do feel somewhat bad for Billy Bush and Billy Bush took the opportunity this week to uh, respond to Donald Trump starting to uh, go out there and intimate that the Access Hollywood pussy grabbing video tape was somehow fake and that wasn't his voice and that he never really said it. And so Billy took the opportunity to write an op-ed in the New York Times in which he said, I was there. You said it, and there were seven other guys who witnessed you saying it. It's not fake. You said it. And that Billy feels very badly for the women who've accused Donald Trump of sexual harassment, who've been called liars by the now president. I have to say, I I agree with you, Bonnie, and I don't think that Billy Bush should be banished for 
for all times for this. Agreed. It wasn't a good look that he was laughing along and encouraging it. But what he also revealed in this op-ed, which I think, which you can't get from this tape and you wouldn't know otherwise, is that there were eight other people besides him and Trump on this bus. And what he says is, at the time, he considered what Trump was doing as a performance. He was talking to them all in this kind of like joking way. Try, he, and as a performer, as a reality TV show host, trying to, as he does, trying to be the center of attention and like the big brother and the, and the, I don't know, the A-list jock in the room. And th that's the vibe that Billy Bush got. He did not think at the time that this was some kind of admission of real things. And all these accusations about Trump's sexual misconduct were not out there at the time. So Billy Bush didn't take it that way. He just like, oh, this is just more hot air from a man who has built a career on hot air. So I just don't think that miscalculation means that he has to go into the upside down for all of time. I, I agree. And yeah. I have to say I've met Billy many times and been interviewed by him. He was, was always a super nice guy and very respectful when I dealt with him. So I do hope that this is the beginning of a career comeback. He paid the price. He made a mistake. He was, he, you know, he was youngish at the time and <laughs> i think it was much different time and out of context sort of i don't forgive trump for saying those things no. at all because they were his words he was bragging and 20 women have come forward and said he didn't just say it they say he did it also we all know we all in this room have done a million celebrity interviews and you all know when you deal with a celebrity you're dealing with someone who is used to be catered to and kowtowed to a little bit and mm -hmm. pampered a little bit and you have to bend over backwards a little bit to make them feel comfortable and make them feel open so you can get a good interview and you can have a good discussion there's a lot of ice that needs to be broken so Absolutely. and he was trying he was about to shoot a, a segment for tv so standing up and yelling at Trump for his sexism may have been the right thing to do. But Billy Bush, like a TV, see, he was thinking in, in, with his TV brain, like, OK, whatever, like I need to do my job. And that's why that's probably why he didn't step in and object to what Trump was saying. I'm glad that he came forward with that story because a lot of us didn't know that, including myself, of the actual setting on the bus. And like you pointed out, can we even name the other people on the bus? No, no. So it's like. Who's being punished here in the right way? Don't get me wrong. I think Billy should have been reprimanded, which he was. You said he paid the price. He handled it very well. He lost his job. Exactly. Yeah. He And he's been out of work for the yeah. last year. He handled the aftermath well. So, I mean, I think we need to, you know, cut him a little bit of slack. He I, was wrong, though, but cut him some slack. I, I agree. And there's degrees of wrongness. Matt Lauer? Yes. yes. Uh, allegedly? way wrong no too, slack too wrong yeah way no slack none now just before we wrap up let's do a little kardashians uh spin and just take you through a few a of the latest note. latest stories so um new story out this week that tristan and chloe are planning to have a small intimate wedding after she has her baby she's been walking around like unlike kylie who's kept herself completely hidden and just shoots herself from like the boobs up on instagram Chloe's and non been out. Nonstop throwback photos too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Chloe's been out, but she keeps going out in bigger and bigger coats with bigger and bigger purses. Bigger and bigger Birkins. Yeah. <laughs> covering her stomach. And um, you know, she's been living in um Cincinnati with um Oh, Cleveland. Oh, right, Cleveland. See, see. I'm getting I'm getting my Ohio cities mixed hey, up. At least you're in the vicinity. Yeah, at least I'm in the right state. <laughs> so she's she's cause uh Tristan's with the calves. So she's been making her home with Tristan and seems very happy. And so um, 
I hope there'll be a wedding. And I, I don't hope. think she needs a big lavish wedding. You know, she already did that. She did that with Lamar. We saw how that turned out. Mm -hmm. I, I'm all for an, a small, intimate wedding. I don't think it was the wedding that ruined the marriage, though. If, unless you count the open bar. Like Lamar, <laughs> Lamar know, has been, other problems. Yes, but been there, done that. And she married a guy after knowing him for like three weeks. Exactly. So yeah. that was a risk. Though she did love him very yeah, much. She did. We know and that. He had his own issues, though. Like, yeah. She couldn't have saved that. And it's not her fault. No, not in the least. None. So then there's other story out that Kim Kardashian's surrogate doesn't want Kim in the room while she's having a baby. And that was in one of the magazines this week. But I have to say, I'm not buying that oh, at all. Absolutely I think not. Kim, Kim, no, I think Kim's taken really good care of her surrogate. And I think that would be an understanding. I think a lot of surrogates think that's, that is part of the deal. Like the yeah. mother who's going to raise the child wants to be there at the birth. And I think that this, I, I'm not buying that story. Nope. Calling BS on this one. Although I would bet the surrogate is not going to let Kim eat the placenta this time. Uh, <laughs> but no. there, there is, we also are hearing that she wants to just give birth in her regular hospital near where she is and doesn't want to have the super lavish uh, Cedar sinai and Los Angeles suite. And that red I could carpet. see. Wait, why? Yeah. <laughs> why not I don't know, because she wants to be near home. She doesn't want to have to have this I'd big, be like, big deal. lie me out on this private jet, roll out the red carpet, yeah. and roll me right into that so suite. I, 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 <laughs> I would too. That you're right. You've already got on board with the baby experience. Do the whole Kardashian tour. Exactly. But that's just me. Same. Hey, I'm right there with you. Well, on the other hand, we're hearing that Kylie is all in for that Cedar sinai <laughs> Yes. Of course. She wants the fabulous delivery room. I'm just wondering if Travis Scott is going to be there. Do you know what I've thought about, too? Like, the Kardashians have so much at their disposal that Kylie can actually stay in the house for nine months and be completely fine it's like she's on a compound like she's on vacation like it's just crazy to me how we have not seen her one time well listen she could i guess go out in her neighborhood she's in a gated community mm -hmm. but i guess somebody could snap her so yeah i know but you know i i there has been a couple photos that she's but the, nothing she said nothing she revealing. was photoshopped because yeah. she looked a little yeah little bigger like pregnancy bigger yeah um i still think we're gonna see a big reveal I'm still waiting. I think there's going to be a Vogue cover. Maybe it's going to be January or a Vanity Fair cover. I just don't see that these Kardashian uh, Jenner girls are going to let the opportunity for some fabulous photography go by. Which is so crazy. I don't, Kylie's brand is so confusing to me because, like, for someone who made their fame mostly on Snapchat, like sharing innocuous things, she's so guarded about things that are real. Like, she wouldn't have Tyga on her. A life of Kylie reality show, even for one minute, none of that, her personal life was covered. It was all about her business and which is probably why the ratings for that show were terrible. And likewise, with the biggest thing that's ever happened in her life, she's completely shut her fans out of the whole experience. And I don't know. I don't. Yeah, but she could be it. filming this. I mean, there is one of the other stories going around and we're investigating is that there's going to be a complete new spinoff show just about the pregnancies. So that way she will be sharing. I think that I think that would be great. I think it would oh, do yeah. really well. I would tune in. But if that doesn't happen, I'll be a little annoyed because it's kind of like the life of Kylie thing where she only comes in for half. It's like it's just good enough to have her face and there doesn't have to be any actual content. And nope, I think, she, nope. Kylie, you're wrong about that. Okay. Note to Kylie. 
your biggest fan, Gino Orlandini, <laughs> feels left out of your life. I do. I feel left <laughs> out. I feel PSA. left out. Did you guys hear really quick about that new theory, the fan theory that's going around? You know how the Kardashians are posting all of the photos from the 25 days of Christmas? Yes. A lot of fans think on the 25th day. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Kylie and Chloe are going to reemerge like... On Christmas. Like pregnant, debut, right. whatever. Right, like they're going to... They're they're both going to give birth to oh, the next Messiah. Two <laughs> <baby> Messiahs. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. <laughs> On that note, okay, I've got to run. And uh, this has been great talking with all of you out there. And thank you for the reviews. Thank you for coming in on your day off, Bonnie. I know. Hell of a day yeah. off. Hell of a day. You, know, you really know how to live, Bonnie. Just Dedication. kidding. <laughs> You're living on the edge. <laughs> Okay, bye guys. And bye. to come to Hollywood Life for all of our stories and more. And Friday, we're posting Miss Universe on the podcast. Woo.